glove for a show because we're going to do one. Oh, hang on. Yeah. Let's... Oh, <clears throat> we were so close to being ready for the show. I mean, oh, can fine. I hit the theme music? Do you yeah, want yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you do, want? Let's do a show. We'll do a show. Oh, okay. <laughs> there it is. Theme music. Now, <laughs> thanks for announcing. There it is. Theme music. Well, it's kind of what your announcement was last week when we were doing the show. Our, and I commented. And, yeah. Our mobile broadcast. And you were like, so you'll put that music underneath that we were supposed to be pretending to hear right now later then? Well, I thought maybe you could edit out my voice. Oh, so I, ha- I should edit more. That's kind of what I was getting at. Yes, you should edit more. You want to smell the hat? No. Oh, it is filthy. Oh, that yeah. is a dirty, dirty hat. That's an old, that's an old school Dodger hat there. Uh, had it for a while. Speaking of hats, welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I am Brian Irwin. And I'm John Huck. Speaking I've, of hats. I, well, I found some of my old hats from ah. when I was a kid. Oh. I don't know what the hell they were making baseball hats a look. It was a massive Mad Hatter square thing. Like I tried putting it on my head. And I was like, oh, you know how the kids are wearing the flat bills now? Yeah. Like a lot of those hats back then, they kind of were by accident, not by design. And I thought, oh, my kids will like wearing my old hats. And I found like an old brewer one and an old cub one. And I took it out and I was like, they will never wear these. Put these massive oversized trucker hats yeah, they, on their they, heads. Yeah, the big foam, the white, the white, like thick. No, but I mean that's basically all the same style. If you were to put that on your head, I don't care what human sized head you had, it still looked massive. Straight up like a train conductor. You gotta It's so bad. Yeah. I don't I don't even have many photographs of me wearing baseball hats back then, but I just don't remember them being you want, that weird looking. You wanna know what's something crazy? I still have. It's I can't wear it because it's too fragile. Uh huh. But when I was in third grade, I okay. McDonald's uh-huh. with a happy meal was giving away Cubs hats. Uh, they weren't like, they weren't major league issued hats. That was was before we could even buy fitted hats. Do you know what I mean? Like that wasn't a thing when I was a kid. Right. So they had the, the click in the back, you know, the 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 button, the snaps in the back. Yeah, that's a plastic. Yeah. Right. And Wait, it was not and, the plastic ones. Yeah, no, the plastic ones. Yeah, sorry. That would vent you a break and let you down. Exactly. Yeah. And then a red line for some reason that was like just a piece of fabric that was in there that you could move if you wanted. But anyway, I wore that hat as a Cubs hat for my childhood, and then I kept the hat, and I took it with me to college, and then I kind of stopped watching baseball, but I didn't stop listening to the Grateful Dead, so I had someone sew a... Because the hat was beautiful. It was like cracked right down the middle so that you could put it in your back pocket. The bill would be flat, and the hat would flop down. Yeah, that's very old school. It was... So old school. I, was, I loved it. Because no one would do that now. They would never want to break their bill. No, right, 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 right. But but I soda, I had someone sew a Grateful Dead patch over the sea. Because the hat seemed to be the tie. You're like, well, listen, you know, I'm not watching baseball right now, but I sure love music. So I'm just going to take this hat. And I, I wasn't going to ditch the hat. Yeah, I mean, I kept it like there Why was. Why couldn't you have just worn the Cubs hat? I, I don't know. I wanted that patch on there. It looked cool. You're rebranding yourself. It's really, uh, that's technically a rebrand. I guess yeah. from like third grade to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, it was a rebrand. Yeah, I rebranded, guys. <laughs> I, I was a, I was a real You were ahead of your time. You just didn't know it and the rebranding. I want to I want to state a correction from last week's podcast. Okay. I said Carrie Ann, somebody, helped with the show The Envelope with Scout Derwood. Her yeah. name is Heather Ann Campbell. Yeah, which is why you couldn't remember because yes, you were saying the whole thing wrong. I was saying the wrong. wrong name. So I apologize to Heather. Uh, she's a great writer. Uh, Scout's great performance together. They are an amazing team, and that hope that show does 
well. Yeah, I don't think you meant any disrespect from it. I did not. No, but I mean, I also don't. Would I have? I've had. I had. You know that dolphin joke I have. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody hit me up one day and they're like, "Hey, Dana Gould is talking about your dolphin joke on his podcast." And I go, oh, because I had done shows. I've done a few shows with Dana Gould, and he has commented how much he likes that joke. Okay. So I was like, great. So I tune in to listen to Dana Gould's podcast oh, where no. he goes, there's this dolphin joke, about a guy, and the outcome is this and this, and he describes my joke, and he goes, I think the guy's name is Kyle, and then he names a different comedian. And I was like, uh... Did you Google that guy to make sure that he's not doing your joke? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, not that he wasn't doing my joke, but that, but I just I didn't know him personally, so I, I kind of... Whatever I looked him up just to see who he was, and then I sent Dana Goulden a message like, "Hey, love the show. Just wanted you to know that was my joke you were talking about." Kind of hoping that he would say something about it again, and I never heard anything. So I don't know. No, I meant did you Google the guy that that he made the fake made up? Yes, name? no, I'm, oh, it wasn't a made up name. It was a real comic. It was. Yeah, he's associating my joke with somebody that he saw <laughs> more recent than me. But we also have a similar look. I can see how he gets too confused. Uh, you were so excited, and then just, yeah, it was. It was, it was like re- it was a really a letdown. And the winner is. I feel like that. Could, you know, when when famous comics do that, that can draw people to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If he says my name, and then he liked the joke I did, somebody who loves Dana Gould is gonna be like, "Oh, if Dana Gould says this guy's funny. Maybe he's funny." So somebody who has nothing to do with you just got yeah. A lot more fans. Well, and not just this happened months ago, but yeah, it was. It was, no, it it just, was frustrating. It just happened. Oh, it just happened. This I just got. I just got pinged. Mm-hmm. That oh, it, uh, Kyle, somebody, um, just got ten thousand new. Uh, ten thousand followers. Oh, off of a dolphin joke. Good for him. That was. Uh, I think uh, um, he's gonna be real confused. Scott Bayo actually retweeted it. the dolphin joke for for Kyle. Can somebody. you imagine that if Scott Bayo starts retweeting your material? What would you do if the wrong person, like somebody you Donald Trump, just starts using your jokes in his speeches? Which, by the way, our guest today, Frank Caliendo, I we can go, we can yeah. talk. He's met Trump. He obviously is one of the guys that's known for doing the Trump impression. So it'd be really interesting to get as much as he's willing to share. Uh, what his take is on all of this, yeah. you know? Um, but uh, Frank's you know, what, not going to vote for Trump to keep him in office. So he can do it. Frank does a million impressions. He doesn't right. no, need no, a Trump no, no, no. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm okay. just, I'm just okay. curious what his take is, having met the guy right. and all this. If, and just if someone only did one impression, and, and that one impression, got <laughs> there me have famous. been people. Yeah, and then that impression is like I was watching the funniest thing. I was watching an old Saturday Night Live the day. Bob Dole and Norm Macdonald. Remember that? I mean, that was like the last real impression I ever saw Norm Macdonald do. Like he doesn't. He's just like I'm Norm Macdonald. Like he doesn't do impressions. Burt Reynolds is the only one. But that's not. It's but not that's Burt Reynolds. But he's though. not even doing an impression. He's chewing gum. He puts a mustache and goes, "Ah, I'm Turd Ferguson." Ah, you know, it's like he's done. You know, he, he Norm's thing was to never look like he was really giving a shit. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think yeah. that came across loud and clear. But um, as far as his impressions, he did kind of a Bob Dole. He would change his. Only because he already sort of sounded like him. Right. But he would do a little more with the movements and a little more everything else, whereas Burt Reynolds was a blown out version of what we look at as Burt Reynolds from right. the 70s or 80s. You know what I mean? It's like... That was... Uh, John was going, that's deep, deep impression analysis. And, uh, and quite frankly, I think you nailed it. Quite frankly, Kelly Endo. <laughs> No, but what would you do? And we'll call him in a sec. But what would you do if if you were like using your material? Not even like Trump, but just someone where you're like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like you, like you know, like personally, you just don't like this person at all. And all of a sudden, they're like loving everything you're doing, and they start they start kind of like glomming onto your world, and everyone's gonna be like, "Huck, 
uh, I thought you hated Scott Bayo, and like now you guys are best friends. You're like, and you're like, you're like, no, I, I don't, we're not. But like Scott Bayo's like loving the huck. Well, or what's the guy that lost his mind uh, uh, from Family Ties? Not Family Ties, the other one. Um, his sister's on Full House, and he uh, oh Kirk Cameron, Kirk Cameron, right? Like if all of a sudden Kirk Cameron's like me and John, oh, John Huck, he he speaks my, he talks to me. Well, like, that would never happen because you realize that Kirk Cameron is <laughs> oh. so religious that everything out of my mouth would be considered some sort of a sin. And I'm not even filthy anymore. You know what I mean? Like back in the day, I'm sure my jokes would have made that guy's head explode. And now, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what that level of fame because the way I look at it, it's like. Um, it's like a politician you despise using your music if you're a band or yeah, you're an right. artist. And that happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, oh, I want to use this song, uh, Keep On Rocking in the Free World. And Neil Young's like, yeah, dude, go blow yourself, dude. I wrote that song. You can't use that fucking how song. How do like, they do that? Um, like, how do you get away with there that? There is no real law against it. To stop using it. To, so uh, okay. the artists come out and say, we don't want you using it. You don't have our permission. Okay. And I think that's it. And if they can keep doing that and not throw support, the candidate usually changes the song. Speaking of songs, if you look behind you, I have a record, a uh, framed record of Mr. Jaws. Yes. Do you remember Mr. Jaws? No. Okay. So Mr. Jaws, I, I don't remember. This would have been early 80s, late 70s. I don't even remember when it came out. But that's a classic example of this guy did this. He basically did a story. It's when Jaws was really popular. He does a... He does a um, uh, I'm interviewing here. I'm here on the beach, uh, Amityville, inter- interviewing Mr. Jaws, and he's doing all these songs. He's using samples of songs he's as the dialogue. Interviewing the shark? Yes, but he's <laughs> yes. But he was huge when it came out. I, I happened to listen. I had satellite. I have satellite radio in the car, driving uh, here to do a. Pro- and I was listening today, and I was like, "What on earth did I think?" Was good about this in any way, shape, or form. Oh, you're listening I mean, to this, Mr. Jones. Yeah, you you need to. Well, well, I was I'll, on I'll post uh, satellite radio, so they're playing it on like the 70s on seven or whatever. Oh wow! So I will. Um, I'll make sure that we link Mr. Jaws. Yeah. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah. But it's Everything's It's horrible. But but the thing is, is you wouldn't be able to do that now. He was playing all the hit songs of that era and using snippets of it as dialogue. And ah. there's just you would never be able to get away with that now. No. And that and what was that? When was I mean, that? You done? could. That but was the 70s. I think that was a seven because Jaws came out what 77, 79, somewhere around there. Yeah, 75. Maybe 74. Seven, I maybe it was I, even earlier. I think it's 75 because it's, it's the same age I am. But I, I don't think that's when the song came out no. because I, I think the song came out years, years later. But. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, and don't quote me on that. What if, what's the law? I don't know what the law is really. And you're right. They probably wouldn't be able to do that now. But even like Weird Al has to get the permission All of the permission, artist, yeah. you know. And, and as a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, you could just lay into anybody you want. He's like, that's not true. Like, like Weird Al got lucky. Michael Jackson said yes, right. and that that alone gave him another five years of a career, right. which then he, being a talented and uh, kind-hearted individual, made last a lifetime. Right? You know what I mean? Uh, and with good cause, he deserves to be out there. There's no, I would never. Say anything negative about you're Weird talking Al. about the Mr. Jaws guy or oh, Weird Al? Weird Al. Okay, well, Dr. Demento, I think, played was, a, was a big part. supporter he of was. both, uh, and also this. I'm I think sure. I used to listen to Dr. Demento, and I'm sure that's where I heard this first. Mm-hmm. That's that. I can't, that's Dr. Just, Demento, yeah, I think used to come on on Sunday nights, right? On I don't know, whatever whatever station you would listen to. It was a little bit before my time. My even dad, was I, Dr. Demento has been around forever, it's been around forever, but I didn't was you didn't listen to Dr. Demento? I listened to it through my father. Okay, my dad had tapes and tapes and tapes that he had recorded Dr. Demento. Maybe on. they stopped playing it in, when you were growing up, but they were playing it forever when I was growing up. Yeah. And for I, a long time. Yeah, and it just depends on what you, where you're listening to the radio yeah. and what, you know, in the car with my mom, I'm listening to Tina Turner and Top 40 and stuff like that, so... 
Tina Turner. What's love got to do with it, dude? All right. My neighbor hated it when he would drive us to the pool because I would sing that song the whole time. (laughs) I could see that. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's call Frank. All right. What the huck? Get it? Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> the, 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 Frank Caliano's on the phone. Hello, Frank. The, Absolutely. Uh, I can make anything funny. This is, this is, ha- this this is Frank this, doing Ian Bag. This is Frank doing Ian Bag, right? Yeah, Ian, I'm just actually Ian Bragg. I talk about how great I am. <laughs> so far, so far, this is probably your best podcast. Doing a great job. <laughs> uh, Ian. Uh, good old Ian Bag. There's a little All bit right, of Robin Williams in there somewhere, which is kind yeah. of, kind of oh, makes sense. Oh, 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 oh I'm back. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Hey, you know, uh, I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, nah. The, we, you and I haven't talked in a long time, but uh, when, when people like Robin Williams like actually die, um, I mean, how does that, for somebody like you that, that, again, I don't even know if you ever actually met him, if he knew you were doing the impressions of him or something like that, but. I, make the, whole, I make the whole show about him and do it as a tribute show, kind of like I, I dress up like him and do it as though it was 1976. A one-man show? A one-man show, and uh, no, I, I, I mean, does it I affect would, you in I, any for way? For a second, I thought you were serious. I'm like, wow, that's really crazy. <laughs> but I mean, does yeah, it affect you in any way? Crazy, or do you kind crazy of... is the wrong word. Stupid is the right <laughs> yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, ha- uh, no, I take him out of the act. Right. That, and, but that now one. people, now people are yelling for me to do it. It's unfortate. I can't believe somebody would die. So, I mean, they ruined my act. They did. They totally wrecked Yeah, I mean, it was definitely an affront to you and your talents. Now, had you met him? Farley did the same thing years ago. bastard. Yeah. Did you, um, of those, of the people that, of those two, did you meet either one of them? No. No, I didn't. I I met Robin Williams' son. I was doing a show at Cobbs in San Francisco. Okay. And uh, his son came out to see the show. And he was going to bring his dad the next night. He's like, that's amazing. I got to bring my dad. And then the next night he didn't show up. And I was like, ah, oh, this stinks. And then two days later, I read Robin Williams back in rehab. So, uh, uh, so that was pretty close. Was that, was that? That was right probably when he started hanging out at the store again. Yeah. So it was about a year or two before he died. Oh, I would say this is, this was a few years. Because this was even before like his heart attack. And oh, oh, wow. Okay. The heart surgery. Okay. Yeah, this is like six, seven years ago. Okay. I, Ron Williams had gone to rehab a few times. That's true. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I see. Now you're kind of getting a little TMZ there. Little Harvey yeah, Love. I'm. Uh, I am. I am TMZ T. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let's uh, uh, take a step back for a second here. Uh, one of the things, and I didn't even explain to you how the show works, but one of the things we like to do is just kind of like go back to um, early life and just figure out how the hell you got here in the first place. And sure, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to do that though. Okay, of good. course not. No, not good. not you. We were going to go with uh, Brian. Was going to start where. He I just wanted you to tell us more about Robin Williams' life and where <laughs> uh, how he started. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how Ian Bag lived That's with right. Robin Williams for a couple of years. <laughs> what if those two ever met? That'd have been awkward. Huh. Ian makes it. Ian Ian knows this, but he's very. You've you, you've you've come you crossed paths with Ian before, right, Frank? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did his hair once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't wax his uh, in between his eyebrows. His favorite thing to do. Yeah. He's got all his favorite places to go. Yeah, I hung out in there with a couple of buddies. <laughs> now Frank is also from uh, Wisconsin, and I think did I meet? I met you through Baxter, which John, by the way, is part of their. And I don't, I, I don't even know if I've ever told Baxter this. Baxter, for those of you who don't know, Baxter, um, what would we classify Baxter in relationship to um, your world these days? 
kind of uh, Schneider meets Cato Kalen. There yep. you go. There you go. Okay, perfect. So he he runs the compound. Uh, he meets overseas Ka- things. meets Cato from the uh, Pink Panther. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he exactly. attacks Frank when he comes in and keeps rest him in on peace. His by the way, I didn't realize oh. he just died recently. Oh Jesus, Cato, Cato. Um, Cato. <laughs> <laughs> That's another guy died too soon. Way too soon. Well, actually, I guess the last couple. But no, I mean he was still good. Um. So ba- John's a big fan of Baxter. Baxter has a cult following in this city because if you think about it, what Baxter was probably only here for like three years and barely did stand up. He ran at more elevators than he did stand up. But everybody has a Baxter joke, and everyone's like, "Whatever happened to that guy? Love that guy." I mean, did, it was just yeah. a short window. I didn't even know who I didn't know what his name was or who he was. I was at the comedy store late one night. He goes on stage. Me and my buddy are in the back. He just goes into this thing about buying swords online and how his friend's dad is like, Hi, I, there can be only one. And he's like, no, where's Gary? You're scaring me. And like the whole thing, I was crying and I never saw him again after that. And then there was a sticker at the Herald and I was like, what? is this the guy who tells the sword in the Highlander? And Brad's like, yeah, he runs the elevator sometimes. I was like, what? I'm so confused. But that was a great joke. Uh, you uh, and you do a Baxter, right? You have a you have your Baxter. Yeah, impression. Uh, I do a couple. I'm Bigfoot hunting later. Is <laughs> <laughs> he still believing in Bigfoot? He's got to stop. Yeah, I'm doing that, and I'm looking for Nessie. Once I catch Bigfoot, <laughs> I'm gonna we're gonna ride Nessie. Uh, Saddle up. What uh, um. It, it, we uh, last week we actually did a a, a little uh, sneaky podcast over at uh, uh, Dodger Stadium, and you were actually, if I remember correctly, you were a big baseball player growing up, correct? I mean, actually, really good too. You it wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going to play a little baseball. You actually were fairly good at baseball, correct? Uh, I was decent. I mean, I could hit, I could hit the baseball a little bit, uh, but I played AAU baseball for a couple of years. National champions, 1988, Des Moines, mm-hmm. Iowa. Nice. That's something. 14 and under, 14 and under, all American, hit two home runs. Wow. And what'd you play? Uh, uh, Wherever, just so I could hit. (laughs) You put me anywhere, coach, as long as I'm still batting. Born to be a DH. Yeah, I usually played played left field. Okay. Uh, Did you play through high school, or did you stop at us? Yeah, I played in high school. I was was all conference as a junior, and I think as a senior, I was just kind of out of life as a senior, but I was a catcher, and I would... uh, in high school, and I would, I would just talk to the batters and the umpires the whole time. <laughs> Did you ever get them to ever kind of like break down and kind of distract them enough that it worked, or would they be like, "Shut up, man"? Nah, yeah, if everybody kind of most for the most part they laughed. I mean, it was I was you, that's probably where I started my real entertainment. Uh, you know, it wasn't a paid audience; it was a bringer show right. <laughs> to bring you had to bring people to the plate so you Nine could talk to them. <laughs> And we had to we had to sign up another team. They have to bring their <laughs> their guys. Uh, so so we uh, so I that yeah I would you know do voices and stuff back there and just make fun of people and just talk about my my pitchers wind up or whatever was going on just to keep them completely uh, discombobulated from the game. That's interesting. So, so prior to being the catcher, you didn't really do that kind of stuff. Do you really think that once you put on the mask and you were in this weird position, that that it kind of developed from that? I guess that's that's the story of my life, right? I started yeah. putting on masks, and then I become characters. <laughs> that's right. That's interesting. The uh, first, uh, when did you? So, I'm assuming were those were the stuff that you were doing? Were you just making like imp- just random impressions or impressions of like other teammates or teachers, or did you actually start trying to do famous people right out of the box? 
Uh, I would do a little bit of Muppets and in living color characters and stuff like that, but it was more just, uh, you know, goofing around. I never even thought about it. For People would ask me in high school if I was going to be a comedian. I'm like, no, that's a waste of time. So, <laughs> I'm going to be a baseball star. But did, yeah. how, when did you figure out that you kind of had a knack for impressions? Or, or was that just right away? I mean... When you're as good as I am, uh, <laughs> just, people just... <laughs> fair. People, they tell you. They tell you. They come up to you and let you know. Now, here's the thing. I do, like, caricature. I've seen some people that do way better impressions than I do. There's there's some amazing people that do some dead-on impressions. I just create characters with them so you can do them longer in scenes and make... You know, Will Sasso is great at that, too, where he could create a, an impression you- that became even a bigger character. Dana Carvey is probably the best of all time at that. Jim Carrey did a lot but you know some people are just great dead-on impressionists there's some people like that but uh and and they're great at at that kind of thing too and and they figure out how to make it work in scenes but usually if you're going to make a character an impression work in a scene you as far as a sketch you have to make it bigger than what it is and i even stopped even working on dead-on impressions because it just seemed like a a waste of time like what am i going to do yeah. but now the funny thing is with with the internet the best thing you can do is just do a voice for like four seconds and people are like that's amazing right so you don't even have to have a scene because people aren't even people aren't, unless you're chewbacca mom nobody pays <laughs> attention to you that long right and i, I was going to say like that what you're talking about is a dead-on impression like okay great you uh sound and have mannerisms just like that person but in order to bring a lot of comedy like what you're talking about will sasso with his Kenny Rogers. I mean, he made yeah, Kenny Rogers even, out of his fucking mind. He made him yeah, a crazy person. To be Kenny, you don't even know that it's Kenny Rogers anymore. And you don't Except he's got a beard and he's character. smashing Jack Daniels bottles all over everyone's head. Yeah, like, I'm Kenny Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like what, when I saw Will, when I first saw Will Ferrell do Harry Carey, I mean, yes, Harry Carey is a character and he's big and he, you know, whatever, but Will Ferrell made him fucking crazy. <laughs> and it was hilarious to me. You know what I mean? It's, like you, like yeah. what you do with Paul Schaefer. Like Paul Schaefer is he's a he's a weird guy, but yeah. you make him fucking insane, and then it's hilarious. Yeah, it's just funnier to make yeah. them weirder yeah. and goofier, and you know more on that uh, caricature than a than a than the than the actual person. But some people are great at doing the dead on so so well. Uh, I mean, I just and I've lost a bunch of weight, but you know, I just looked like a South Park character doing it before, so I might as well have made it more cartoony. <laughs> right. Right. You, um, did you figure early on, like when you finally decided I'm going to start doing some, did you start as a standup or did you start like the first time you took the stage was a standup or was it mostly impression driven and then tied into standup? Yeah, it was impressions driven okay. uh, into, into the standup stuff, which I mean, I, I used to get into the first thing I said on stage is start doing impressions. And then I realized nobody was listening to me at, uh, you know, when I talked. So I started working on doing some stuff that wasn't boring as myself at the very beginning to create something. Because if you don't, then it's like Jeff Dunham with the puppet, you know, that's why he doesn't bring it up there right away. He waits a little bit because otherwise all you care about is the puppet. Now, if I was making, I make great money. I've I've done incredibly well, but if I was making Dunham up, Jeff Dunham, 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 yeah. Yeah, I would just, I wouldn't even go up on stage and just put the puppets up there. <laughs> yeah, just sit backstage, the puppets are sitting there, you just talk through a yeah. mic into a PA. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would go ventriloquist Mentronics. <laughs> you could actually just, at that point, you could just Skype in your voice, you don't even have to leave your house at that point. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that, that, you know what they call that? Being a DJ. That's, yeah, yep. there it is. WLUM. 
Was that no, no, no. I mean, I no, I mean, I mean a DJ at a, like a you know one of these uh, clubs. You know, record spinner. Pre- oh, press a button. They can pre-program their whole thing, and right. nobody would ever know. No, no. As long as they're moving up there and looking like they got their shit together, no one cares. That's totally yeah, true. Yeah, you just got all you need to do is have one earphone on, mm-hmm. and you're holding it on the side of your head, mm-hmm. and your other hand has to be on a record going back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or or uh, moving a knob or, or yes. up and down with the levers, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can do that in front of me. I have no idea what they're doing. So, I, as far as I'm concerned, they're doing it right, and that's kind of the key to that, right? Your family, um, th- th- there's there. Would you say that there's a lot of humor in your family? You got a couple kooky brothers, Rico and Terry. Um, but where did the where did the um, the actual drive for comedy come from in your family? Was it you and television? Was it your family always messing around? Like where did it? I would say it... growing up watching a lot of TV, but just not wanting to work for real. Yeah. I mean that comes uh, that comes the whole thing. Like I couldn't imagine going to a desk job. I I wanted to be a sports announcer, sportscaster kind of thing, like an ESPN anchor. Okay, and. Uh, you know, I realized later I never could have done it. My brain wasn't right for the stats, and the retaining that type of knowledge and to be able to regurgitate it, even though that vocabulary I just used was some pretty big words. <laughs> uh, was almost Stephen A. Smith like I'm incredulous to this entire situation. Um, so I would say that, you know, a combination of being a loner and just sitting around watching TV by myself and, uh, you know, I, I grew up playing sports. The reason I'm in uh, like in the sports niche is because that's why I just grew up around. It's uh, I knew that stuff better. Like you know, people, most of the people in Hollywood, when they say they know sports, they're like, uh, "Yeah, I'm a big sports fan. Oh. Huge in the squash world." <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's, you want to go to grab a game of highline? <laughs> It's uh, what is it? Dodgeball is big out here, right? That's that's kind of that's all the really yes. dodgeball and kickball. Yep, dodgeball and kickball. Yeah, there's some dodgeball gr- and adult why adult play, leagues. Why don't you combine the two? Then it's interesting, right? You gotta <laughs> dodge kickball. <laughs> Kiss kickballs at people. They have to dodge them. It's only a matter of time, Frank. It's only a matter of time. So what yeah, you, with wh- laser and the way you tag people out is with like laser tag. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just keep adding things to it, and everyone's on rollerblades. Yeah, yeah, on rollerblades. And no one knows what they're doing. It's completely and no rules. You have to find, you have to figure out the rules as you <laughs> I was going to say, the, the rules right. change every hour. And then just one guy shows up with a paintball gun and says, this is new rules, and just starts shooting everybody <laughs> with a paintball everyone. gun. Yeah. And if you get hit with the paintball, you're, you, have to, you have to die for real. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different guy. Stakes are high. Stakes are high. Stakes are very high. How old were you the first time you took the stage? Uh, 22, maybe? 20, okay. No, no, 20, 20, 21, 20. Okay. Now, did you, because I met you in Wisconsin, did you go to uh, college as well? So you went University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. UWM. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's a stupid question. Yeah, we both went to the same place. All right. So, wow. but go the first, Panthers. Go that's Panthers. The Panthers. That's right. You know, their baseball wow. teams were not that bad for their division and their basketball no, my teams. Co- my buddy coaches them. Yeah, Scotty Duffick. Scotty Duffick still coaches. He does lots of great impressions as well. By the way, oh, he does. Yeah, does the team appreciate that? (laughs) Uh, Here comes coach with his impressions again. They 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 probably don't even know the ones he does. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh yeah, that's true. Alf. They're like, what? Never heard of it. (laughs) Hey Willie, Alf, please don't eat my cat, Lucky Lynn. (laughs) Yeah, if he did that one, they would just be dead stares. (laughs) 
Duh. Just dead stares. Uh, the Akmonics are coming over. <laughs> where uh, where did you do it the Jake first time? And Raquel. <laughs> the, I forgot about the Akmonics. Yeah, well, the neighbors. You you've you've opened up Pandora's box. I for Frank. Frank Frank knows a lot of those old sitcoms, and he can actually. Yeah, if you're gonna bring up Melmackian humor, <laughs> little nothing beats a little Gordon Shumway reference. <laughs> He's still alive. Uh, the guy who played Al just died. No, no, he the, just passed the away. The other guy, yeah, no, no, oh, the, the, yeah, uh, just he just died. There was a big story about him in a little paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> big stories yeah, in the world. The dad was still is still alive. Yeah, that's the guy I was yeah. asking about. No, yeah. I thought he was dead. Max, oh, oh, right? Max, oh, did he die? His name. He was I thought so. I thought he had some kind of uh, illegal activity he was part of and uh, died. Really? Oh, skydiving. Yeah. He was funny. He was funny on the the Norm Macdonald show that when Norman already had a show. Uh, he was the boss. They had a show? You know, yeah. What was the name of that show? I uh, want to say it was called The Norm Show. Yeah, that's a pretty creative title. That, it's, about <laughs> as, it's about as much work as you wanted to put into it, I think. Oh, that's that's like, the one we moved back home to be a sportscaster or something. No, the local TV he, was station a, he was a hockey player who was banned from the NHL, and he had to take a regular job, and uh, Artie was his buddy at work, and his boss was the dad from ALF. And oh. funniest Is thing that ever, what he went by in the show? Yeah. Hey, okay. dad from ALF, you want to come over here and help me with this? No, but he he had some funny stuff on there. But I didn't know he passed away too. That's a bummer. I thought so. I could be wrong. I don't really care. <laughs> you can do it in memoriam, in, in memoriam on the show here. The uh, uh, where was the first place you did it? Did you do it at UWM or did you do it? Uh, uh, no, at a dance club in Milwaukee where they stopped the dancing for us to do a show. Oh, people love terrible. that. When people you say us, that. was that some was that somebody that was with you? Was like, I've got a great idea. We're going to do stand up at this place. My buddy runs kind of situation. Yeah, well, it was like a it was like a talent show. Nobody had told it was at Nitro in Milwaukee. <laughs> and I remember Nitro. Nitro. Oh my god, that sounds like a lot of white pants. A, a club manager who was like the total dorky guy who knew nothing about what you know his club was. I mean, like he just looked like a guy. He was wearing mom jeans that were up <laughs> above his navel, and he actually would use the term navel, not belly button. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, this guy's running a club that's supposed to be like the, the hip club in Milwaukee. What's jeez? <laughs> so. Uh, um, yeah, we ended. It was terrible. It was just awful. But see, when you do that, though, that's the thing. It's like, what made you say, "I'm going to do this again"? Especially after seeing that this is kind of what the early part of the road could be for you. Well, I just I knew it wasn't in a controlled environment. I knew it was going to be bad, but I, uh, you know, I didn't know it was going to be that bad. I remember going, "I'm Robin Williams." Oh God, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> So it was just awful, and uh, it was like a year. I, I it was like a year or two later. I ended up going up at the comedy cafe, and then just it went well. And then uh, things, and then I actually hurt my back, and I was out for a while. And then I went back after I graduated from college, and just started working, and never stopped. And because you saw, if if I remember, you were headlining how many years into um, doing it full time? Like a year. Wow! Yeah, so you, you you knew. I mean, the people around you knew. Okay, yeah, this guy can hold his own. And now, when you when you started headlining, did you already have? Um, when people started saying you got a headline, did you already have enough material, or did you have to did you have to stretch it out? And because that's pretty well, quick. Was, I'm I'm still stretching it. Out. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I kind of had a, the jokes were 
I mean, there were just nights where I'd struggle, though, because it wasn't that tight. So, it, you know, I didn't have the jokes, the joke power that I had now. I was relying more on the impressions than the lines and the setups and the jokes. So okay, it's it was definitely a, a weaker set. And how long into it was it pretty early on when you were like, I'm going to be I'm going to do more caricatures versus trying to focus on the dead end? Or did that take a while? Did you see a lot of success before you finally decided you didn't want to you didn't want to well, focus got more on into sketch? It was okay. sketch that taught me that I had to do more with the characters as okay. opposed to trying to do them dead on. It was first of all, there are people who are better at it than me to do that. And second, secondly, I mean, sketch was where you get on TV more so. Nobody even wanted to put me on TV doing impressions in stand-up until I finally got on Letterman. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was just a difficult thing. It was, to, you know, you could you could get on a talk show, uh, Letterman or Leno or something like that, and they would do impressions, let you do impressions if you were in the chair. But if you were going to do a stand-up set, nobody wanted you doing impressions. It was oh, just like okay. this is old. You uh, did you? But, so did you? You said Letterman let you do that. Letterman, like, um, he yeah he he got. I think he got wind of me doing the John Madden thing. He heard it on something. I don't know. And they just. I, well, the first time I ever went on Letterman, I go. Uh, I I was talking about. Uh, well, the, uh, you know, my favorite thing about football season is John Madden. And from the desk, while I'm on the, this, you know, I'm doing my stand-up set, you hear him go, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, in my head, it's, time slowed down. I was like, <laughs> holy did shit. Did Letterman just heckle me? <laughs> I mean, I thought, I was like, it sounded like a positive heckle, but oh, yeah. he actually interrupted my set and <laughs> cheered for me. He wanted, During the set. He wanted to see that Madden impression. Yeah. I mean, he. They, people would tell me that he was, like, when I was there, he was in such a good mood. It was weird. That's that's pretty cool, though. That's got to feel good, man, because David Letterman is known for displaying, not displaying, but not holding back if he doesn't like someone. That was always the fun part about it. If he didn't like you, the interview was all him, and he would tell you how much he didn't like you, really, essentially. Yeah. But, like... You know, he's kind of a hard nut to crack, and you get on doing impressions, which is something people weren't really allowed to do, and you're putting him in a good mood. I mean, the staff must have loved you, too, then. That's why I'm Ian Bragg. I'm telling you how good I am. You bring up a good point, and we'll kind of jump around here, but do you feel that from because of the the way you structured your comedy – it made it, I don't want to say easier, but you became more accessible to all the late night talk shows where as a, as a traditional stand-up comic, there is no way they were going to be able to play the circuit as much as you were able to do on television, right? Because you could do both. You could do the stand-up, but you could also do panel. You could sit down with all these people. And it, se- it seemed to me that whether it was Leno or Letterman, um, I don't know if you did any of the other ones, the other ones, kind of Conan or any of those, but as often, but it seemed like you were way more frequent on shows that didn't have those types of performers so frequent. Yeah, because I was a I was a great second guest because I could I wouldn't bring the rating, but I could hold it. Okay. So if they had a big first guest, they'd have me on because they knew it could people wouldn't turn away as fast. So I mean, you get the haters who just hated you, you know, people that hate me, but that's, that's but I would keep, cause I would have a ton of energy and just be acting like an idiot. So people would stay glued to it. And, uh, you know, people had told me the bookers and shows would say, 
they, they wouldn't say the part about me not being able to pull a rating myself, especially at the time. <laughs> but they, you know, because nobody will ever tell you that. But I knew that was the truth. But they're like, you keep the ratings, and we end up beating the other guys when you're on. So wow. Yeah. And my problem is I just, I kind of lost it. All I wanted to do was be, that's all I ever wanted to be in this business was a talk show guest. Um, yeah. So I never, <laughs> I didn't want to be a stand up comedian. I didn't want to be an actor. Uh, I, I uh, had a little inclination of being a background dancer. Um, <laughs> you can still do I, it. No, Don't ever give up. But uh, yeah, there's a chance. Um, but I, but, uh, and now I actually want to get more into acting. I'm learning about that more, wishing that I had done it way back at the very beginning. Cause it would have made so funny. Cause people will see me and talk to me and they're like, you are, I don't know what it is, but in the last two years, you're so much funnier all the time than you were, uh, you know, even a couple of years ago. And I'm like, it's gotta be the acting classes. Cause I've been, I've learned how to just create more as opposed to the same way I was doing things uh, over and over and over. You know, a lot of the stuff I do is just a formula. It's just like break down the person, put them in a situation and then uh, either show them exactly where they should fit exactly or take them and put them totally fish out of water. So it's really observational comedy and then fish out of water kind of stuff or the perfect situation is which ends up being silly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I would say that's it. I've, I've learned to to be a little bit more of myself. And that's, you know, we, we've talked about it. Brian is. In, in the act trying to create more of that kind of stuff unfortunately people pay you know 35 40 bucks a ticket yeah. and have to make sure that they're uh getting that type of show that they want yeah. so for me and i i have kids so i i mean my career is totally second to the family so i really don't even care at points i mean it frustrates me sometimes that i'm like ah, oh, i could have done this i could have done but then like well but then my kid would already be doing meth at seven. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, you know what I'm assuming you were serious about being the career guest. I, a lot, I don't think a lot of people understand that there used to be a time in television where there there was a certain amount of people that were only famous. I know my youth. They, well, I did. They, I only knew them. Yeah, they from were, being on game shows and stuff, talk shows. But we only knew them like like Charles Nelson Riley. I never saw that guy do anything except be on. Late night TV. And Tony right. Randall so, eventually just became a guest. He right. was just a career guest guy. He stopped yeah, acting. Diller, yeah, Phyllis you know, Diller. Yeah. That, all those types of people, they would just show up on the shows. But the question was, were, was there any money in it? That's the weird thing, right? Like at that point. I think you get for that. I mean, I could be wrong, but you get a talk. You get an appearance fee. Appearance or, fee. But could you, you couldn't. If they rerun right, those back episodes. Then, back then, people were making so much money doing Vegas lounge shows. Yeah that they could they could make a living doing that and being on TV. So it's not the same way. Everybody was watching those four shows or 10 shows that's, that that's were all on. they had. You know, that's and like, so now you do a talk show nobody cares, you yeah. know. Yeah. The, for stand-ups especially, it doesn't mean nearly what it meant, not even nearly, not even close to what it meant back in the day when people would go to the doesn't Tonight mean show anything. Or, yeah. I mean, you 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 do that it just gives you a a, a credit to headline at, at, you know, at Baja Chuckle. Yeah, or yeah, it basically gets people who are local in LA to be like, "Oh, cool." This goes <laughs> back. This goes back a couple years, but I, I, I distinctly remember one time you and I were. Uh, I was working with you at Irvine, and I remember when um, I, w- I was I was helping you as people were coming out buying like CDs and and all the stuff, and and 
I w- and I we talked about this afterwards because I was so surprised at how many people referenced that they first saw you on YouTube, and you were like, "Yeah, man, that's like." It was, I think it was early on. I, I really hadn't grasped well, the power of YouTube. I was, I was at one point the number one thing on YouTube back when the you know five million hits was huge. Yeah. But so, it's, it's interesting that that would be and people weren't saying Leno, they weren't saying Letterman. Like the the, the one thing they kept no, saying more was, so uh, than it, other. It was, it was angering because you work all this time to get on those big shows and that's what's cool to you and then something anybody can do is where they see you right <laughs> now what- you know i mean that's the same thing i watch these I, I, it's like i was talking about chewbacca mom if chewbacca mom if that doesn't take off that's just a sad lady video yeah, right. Well, it still kind of is. I mean, it's yeah, a great story, I guess, but it's still kind of weird. I heard to she's me. Ch- charging money for autographs now. I heard she's well, a real piece of work. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, there's something that just came out. Doesn't she have her own action figure? I mean, this thing has gotten out of control. Well, I did see somebody, but somebody made the action figure for. Her. Oh, they did. Yeah, okay. Okay. Like they, Mattel is calling her up. Know, so, like, hey. oh, somebody said it was Hasbro. So was that oh. a lie? I only. I'm a headliner. I I, I read not a headliner like that. I'm, I I'm only a headliner. Read, meaning I only read. I only headlines read headlines on Facebook. I don't. I don't go deep into anything. Yeah, can you I, imagine? That's where you get your news is Facebook, and then it's only the headlines. Yeah. Imagine how little you actually know. Yeah, how misinformed everybody is. Well, really. <laughs> in my defense, if it if it's important to me, then I go. I seek out the information. If it's if it's if it's Chewbacca mom, and I don't feel the figure. need to do too much Wikipedia re- referencing and and anything to follow up. It's more of like so. A, if, it, if it's important, you'll you'll take a look at MySpace. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you still have your? My, I was just telling John this. Other day, I still have. I don't know how to shut off my MySpace account. I still have it. You still have yours? Is it you, really? Is it still there? It still it's exists. Still there, yeah. I got an email uh, about a month Didn't ago. Did Justin Timberlake buy it years yes. ago? Yes, and it's been sitting. Good. Somebody, somebody got fired over that. It's <laughs> Internet's old Western town. I'm telling you right now, there's just swinging doors there, and there's just nobody there. It's a ghost town. But I got an email from MySpace's security apologizing there had been a breach, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Who's bre- what are they getting? What information are they breaching? All the stuff that's on yeah, Facebook." And were you now. like, "Can hey, can you tell me what my password is?" Yeah, on <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 I have you on the phone. <laughs> Tell me how to access my account because I forgot. <laughs> now, are you? Do you? Are you? Other than Twitter, do you? Are you active on Facebook, or is that just more of a place that things land? Uh, Facebook. We've been doing Trump videos. Yes. I mean, my brother runs it for the most part, but I don't even know how to use Facebook. I do deal with most of the Twitter stuff, but I don't read it. To, I don't read a lot of the things people say anymore because it's just. You know, somebody says something nice and you forget about it in two minutes. Somebody says something terrible, which is every other thing, and you're like, "Oh God, why am I doing this?" Yeah. <laughs> the worst, the worst thing in the world is like how much people have as far as, far as you know feedback that they can give you. You used to do things right. What we consider this stuff when you're in the in the performance side of it is art, right? It's an art. And that's that was always what separated what the, the, the people in front of the camera for the people behind the camera, I guess, not even behind the camera. Watching. The, even the, yeah, no, no, no. I oh. mean in front of the camera versus like the executives because the oh. executives would come from this business side and say, well, this is what people want. And then you would do it to the side and go, I don't really care what those people want because I'm doing what I do because it's what makes me me. Well, now you get all these people who are, you know, voices that say terrible things and they they try to ruin you just for the sake of trying to ruin you. So it's like, why, why would you do that? Yeah. It, so now they have all the power 
and you know, people who really like you, it depends on your audience. If they're young, they'll say, this is great. But if they're just kind of like, if they're like, I, I've never commented on a video I've seen and said, this is fantastic. <laughs> right. I've never done that. I mean, why? I mean, I don't, and, uh, I've never felt the need to tell somebody at a minute and 47 seconds, you're not going to believe this laugh from this lady with the mask. Right. <laughs> I guess it's just a different, that, that, it, that's the evolution of social media that I think where we, I, I know I have, where I've kind of checked out. I, I, I couldn't go down that path. I, I, you know, when I had some experience and, and some success with, sad, rest in peace, MySpace, and even <laughs> YouTube with the puppets, it was just, and I think you know, we've joked about this before on the show. It's like I knew when the puppets had been successful on YouTube was when the first email I opened up was someone was like, "Fuck you! I hope you die." <laughs> that I was like, "Okay, then apparently this thing has has has." It's yeah, it's not even, and then you realize it's not even addressed to you. It's addressed to one of the puppets because right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't like how it was looking at them. Right, yeah. and it was a cop. So it was very easy. I, that was the funny thing about all the comments on all the puppet videos is how much anger and rage was focused at police officers. I was like, you do realize these are puppets. That's it. Right. That's silly puppets. But also, you also realize this is the internet. Stop with your... Why, why is everyone going to jump on and give their two cents about every little thing? It's just <laughs> insane to me. Which is... which. Now it takes us because you, you've obviously broached a subject, and I sent you that text a while ago. And like this Trump thing for you, because you've been doing the Trump impressions for years. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you actually did one with him years ago, correct? Yeah, I did a sketch with him. And, uh, you know, was, I, I thought he was, he was interesting because I actually liked it. I thought I was going to go in there hating him. And I liked him a lot because he was, we were in the middle of the sketch. He's like, is this good? He's looking around the room. Is this good? Does everybody think this is good? They're like, yes, Mr. Trump. Fantastic, Mr. Trump. This is great, Mr. Trump. Oh, oh, incredible, Mr. Trump. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Does anybody ever tell you something you did is bad? He goes, no, Frank. That's part of the problem. <laughs> so he has a sense of humor. Yeah, he totally. He's like, I can't get real answers. That's the big deal. Um, Do you think, though, he so, prefers getting the fake answers, though? It's way better, though, right? I mean, oh, who wouldn't, I guess? I don't but. know. I think it depends on what you know he's trying to do if it's a probably a business situation probably no if it's in the media he probably wants the fake answers right, right? so you see this meteor starting to rise i mean what what is your thought about how to deal with it i know you go caricature and and i, I guess we should break this part down because you've done other political people you've done clinton uh and and, and bush and and you've never it, it, you're not trying to take a side per se, correct? Is that fair? Is that a fair assessment of how you yeah, approach wanna, these characters? You, you lose half the audience. Yeah, you can't, you can't alienate people. You just have to make this a character that if yeah, people, unless if that's the what you are. If you are that, if you are John Stewart, you are Bill Maher. Well, right. That's who's that's who cares about you, anyways. If right. you're not, stay out of it. But but and 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 I think you kind of probably experienced a lot of that with the eight years with with Bush, right? So you were kind of, I guess, semi prepared for the Trump thing as well, because he, he's so there's no gray area with that guy, right? So it's like you kind of go in, and when you look at this character, how do you approach what? Uh, this guy when you're like, all right, I'm going to start doing this Trump stuff. Like what? I just go and I may, you know, I just do make things bigger. It's, you know, he says, I'm going to make America great again. I'm like, I'm going to make America great again. And then I'm going to make the United States great again. A lot of people don't know if that's the same thing or not. <laughs> and then I'm going to make the planet great again, the solar system great again, the galaxy great again, and the universe great again. And I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to make the multiverse great again. And, and 
not just this universe, the Marvel universe, the DC <laughs> universe. Spider-Man, Batman, and I are going to be slinging webs and throwing batarangs, and that's going to be the number one Spider-Bat cave in the history of comb over hair. <laughs> See, to me, that in itself was like, I, it doesn't matter whether you're for or against them. You're not, it's not, a, you're not pissed off because, I mean, I guess somebody could always yeah, be pissed off. Yeah, I used to do Bush when he was in office and I would go into Texas and pe- this people in the same show would go, you really hate him. And the other people would go, you must love him, huh? And yeah. I, that's exactly where I wanted to be. Yep, right there. By the way, I'm running out a little, I'm running out of time here, guys. I thought this was going to be a five minute podcast. Oh, you, how dare you? No, that, that's fine. This, you, you, you've bounced around to plenty. We can <clears throat> begin the process of wrapping it up. So, yeah. I mean, so, so you get mad TV. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, I, what I meant to ask you earlier it was that you said something about sketch. When did you actually start doing sketch? Before you got into, um, you know, the uh, was it Hi- Hype was the first show you did, right? So had you already been doing sketch before that, or that's... Yeah, I did that. I, uh, that was in 2000. Was I, We started in 1999. I was on the air in 2000. It was canceled later in 2000. And then uh, they hired me on to Mad TV from auditions I'd done like a year and a half before. Because wow. they wanted me to go into it before then. And... Uh, it was a chance where I could have gone tried to get on Saturday Night Live, but they already had Fallon there and um, uh, Daryl Hammond. So I was like, well, I don't want to sit on the bench for that long and just do nothing. So good for you. I just, I did that. I went to Mad TV, learned a little bit. I couldn't have done that anyways. Doing live would have been, I just, I just there was no way I could do that. So, um, so then, uh, you know, I got the Fox gig in the middle of that. Um, was on Fox for nine years. Uh, hey, that ran its course forever. Yeah, that's like 14, 15 years. Fourth, so. 15, that's, that's amazing. So funny because like my agents would be like, you've been out of the business for a while. I'm like, I've been on TV for 15 <laughs> straight years. Yeah, yeah. Every football season. I mean, yeah. Every, I mean, I'm always, I can be on, and they would always send me auditions for like cool things. And I'd be like, I can't do this. And they'd be like, why not? I go, cause I can't act to save my life. And then I finally just got tired of the impressions. And that's all anybody ever wants me to do is, you know, they're like, what, uh, what new impressions you're working on? I, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't really care anymore. I just, <laughs> you're- I'm trying to work on other things. Cause that, cause all anybody ever asked me is what I could have 10 new impressions. And the next time I'm on, they'll be like, what new impressions do you have? <laughs> that's all any i mean it, you could have you know 50 new ones and the next time they see you i like, got anything new <laughs> <laughs> what uh, of all this stuff we'll wrap it up with this of all the stuff that you've been able to do and accomplish um in respects to you obviously you you know you, you like sports and you like the entertainment world where was did did this open up any doors to people that you got to meet that you were like this is cool that this my the world that I have created has opened up some doors that I've really got to appreciate some experiences. Oh yeah, I mean I've I've been in a, a it's crazy. I've been in a um, dressing room where I was talking about Tom Cruise. I turn around and he's standing behind me going, <laughs> "You are a very funny man." What? And I go, "Let's run! Somebody's going to try and catch us." <laughs> um. You know uh, that was a great thing about like the Tonight Show would always use me with a. With like a huge guest, Halle Berry, um, the, those that th- th- those type of people. So, um, and then you got big into the sports world. I mean, was there any sports heroes that that uh, that you got to meet? And you were like, I know you, I know you eventually ended up awkwardly meeting Madden. Correct? It was not a planned meeting. Yeah, I saw him in the in, in the uh, 
lobby of the hotel and Jimmy Johnson, football coach, next to him. I'm like, Jimmy, can you believe I, this, I'm this close to John Manzik? What, he hasn't met him? Taps the man in the show. What is it, Jimmy? Oh, and the look on his face was like Shaggy <laughs> Scooby seeing the bad guy pop out of the barrel. Um, yeah, I mean, Gruden's been cool. Um, LeBron James, that's probably the coolest story of him. From reading the LeBron letter uh, on Mike and Mike, and then uh, we, we the Cavaliers invited us to it. The Cavaliers, by the way, still believe, some of them believe me to be a good luck charm for them. Every oh, time really? I go to a game. Wow. Every time I go to a game, they have a, a, a super great winning. We went to game three, and then they lost game four, but then they won three in a row. So every time I'm around them, they win like 20 straight, or they win a few, lose one, and then they just go on a run within – within a week or two of not, not even a week within a couple of games of me being around. It's very, it's true, but it's weird. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I, so they came to Phoenix and uh, the Cavs were struggling. This is last year. They came into Phoenix and it was after LeBron had taken that little sabbatical and uh, his manager standing next to his name's Randy. He's like, I'm like, what did LeBron like the letters? Like, oh man. He's like LeBron's down there shooting, trying to get his game face on, just looking, make shooting three pointers and stuff. And he's like, "Hey, Bron, no look, Bron." Finally, LeBron looks up. He's like, "What?" He he looks at me, or he looks at Randy. Randy points to me, and LeBron gets this huge smile on his face, and then pounds the chest. And I and and then George Cantor, who was uh, my opening act, was on the other side of my son Joey. So it's me, my son Joey, and then George. And George's like. LeBron James just smiled at your dad and punted it. Given the peace sign was the coolest thing I've ever seen. That was on. <laughs> so that, moments yeah. like that are pretty cool. I mean, I'm going to do a charity for Russell Wilson on my son's birthday. That's cool. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Drew Brees, I've gone out and talked to the uh, uh, the, the New Orleans Saints, done stuff with them, done stuff with uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I did an impression of Bruce Arians, which is more the look than anything. And Larry Fitzgerald gave me a standing ovation and everybody else started going crazy for it. So. That is, yeah, that, it is kind of cool. Now, you have, have you ever gone back to the Packers and done anything with the Packers or not yet? Uh, I had lunch with the offensive line last year. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, they, when they came out to Phoenix, uh, I, uh, I, I went and hung out with them. That's so an that odd request. Cool. Hey, Frank, the offensive line of the Green Bay Packers would like to go out to lunch with you. They they pay. <laughs> That's lunch. These days, yeah. football. Right, I don't want to take up any more. Cards in. They all put the credit cards in, mix them up, and whoever's credit card gets pulled out, they won't even let me put my credit card in. Huh? Oh wow, that's an interesting. Uh, <laughs> I should do that. My credit card would be declined uh, always. Uh, yeah. You're always a busy man. You're always doing something. So I do appreciate, and you're also a parent. So I do appreciate you taking the time. I saw that. Uh, I remember a long time ago when I was visiting you and I was playing catch with Joey in the backyard. I see he's big into football now. So that's exciting. The uh, go ahead. I was going to say uh, also real quick. <clears throat> I uh, up up until you had your show on TBS, I had done some commercials. I I had thrown myself into bits that I was producing for hidden camera shows. But my first real, technically real acting gig that wasn't a commercial uh, was on your show. I got to play. Uh, oh, really? I had a one line in a camp counselor thing with Paul Schaefer and Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, really? What were you in there? <clears throat> I was a guy. I was a camp counselor. I was. Just, I come in with a clipboard and I say like, "All right, everybody, gather around, or we're getting some advice, or." 
but that whole thing, I got to meet John Farley and became friends with him, and we were all. It was it was a it was a pretty fantastic day. So yeah, uh, you weren't you weren't very good from what I remember. Right? No, exactly. That's why I didn't <laughs> no, want to really John, bring it up. John, I do have to go here, but John Farley turned. He, that's the greatest guy in the world. He is one of the best people I've met out here for sure. So funny. Uh, like the, he did a couple things on my show and I'm like, God, that guy's like Chris Farley. It turns out it's his brother. <laughs> I was like, D- that guy's hilarious. Yeah. And no. he just, I wanted him in every sketch after that. <clears throat> nice. All right, buddy. I'll let you go. Um, uh, yeah. Thanks for calling in though. Yeah. Or letting us call yeah. you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Enjoy Trump. All right. I wish this had been better. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Right, guys. Bye. bye. See that's what happens was when that, yeah was that too much when I threw that in at the end I just no 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 what I was gonna say was that's that's the funny thing that's what happens when you when you're friends with people and you're like hey you can I'm gonna call you have you on the show and like I don't and you know this like you just you don't like when you have a uh, a guest guest that you don't know you're very detailed about exactly what's, <laughs> Here's gonna, what's happen. gonna happen you're gonna be quiet we're gonna come in and then we're when gonna you're do talking this. to people you know you're like hey you gonna call you in like whatever the podcast is like, yeah hey, your dumb little show sure <laughs> man like whatever I, it was gonna be I, I can go blip 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 and give you a Madden <laughs> and a finger point and then you can get the hell out of my face <laughs> but no. that was very generous of him that was uh, for someone who thought it was gonna be five minutes he gave us quite a bit of time yeah and I think you know it, it, again based on the structure of our show I think we kind of uh, covered a lot of uh, different things it was interesting to get you know the the late night perspective and the and i'm telling you that's the funny thing it's like being a professional being a professional guest and 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 nobody does that anymore right but like he says those professional guests had vegas lounge acts true phyllis diller was still performing in vegas so but you as a kid you don't know that no 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 of course not of course not right but that's why you see less of it yeah because i mean guys like carrot top could be a professional guest but yeah you know, not many people are chomping at the bit to have carrot top, and that's not a diss on carrot top by any means. I'm just saying, like, what I just is don't the think it. Well, where, where where is the end game with that anymore? I think now <laughs> professional guests are pundits on on news. Programs. Well, right, it's, yeah, they're not really what they used to be, which was the Dom game shows DeLuise and, and, and yeah. like those, like yeah. yeah and now it's Charles it's Nelson moved Riley. it's moved to politics. It's yeah. it's moved into a completely different direction. It's it's specialized, and it's about you know when there's you know what I'm talking about. You see the same yeah, hosts yeah. show up when there's tragedies or right. when there's a big vote or whatever or you know that that's these that's the new specialty of the career television people that are just guests and also i think it it, it i'm not saying that like famous people don't hang out together but i'm saying like some of these professional guests were actually buddies or friends with the host of the show and and like when you would see like a guy like Tony Randall come out, like Jenny Carson loved Tony Randall. They, yeah. they, they liked each other yeah. off set too. It was like they would be having those, con- you felt like they would be having those conversations even if there were no cameras. So there, there's just less and less of that. You know what I mean? There's less and less people that are, you know, uh, kind of in it for the team aspect and, and are okay being the butt of the joke and just want the thing to be that they're on to be funny and, and I feel like that is kind of like it's 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 a little bit more, and not that it wasn't always a narcissistic and very selfish industry anyway, but I just feel like there's more of that now. And with like your camera phone and your YouTube, it's like look at me, 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 and it's there's no. I mean, there are still people that help out the, for the greater good, and then you get shows like mm-hmm. Children's Hospital. You know sure. what I mean, where you have. An ensemble cast. Is that your way to try to get Rob on the show? I just no. I mean, I ran into Nate actually having coffee oh, the other did? day. Uh, yeah, down the street. Um, That's not. He's not on that show. Don't please don't confuse. My I, sister not, confused them once and oh, your on the phone. Did? So we were we were at a uh, oh, no. we had a Dodger game. Okay, and my sister uh, calls the one me from San Diego. No, no, no. This Wisconsin, and she calls me and she says, uh, 
what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm with Robin Nate at a Dodger game. She's like, oh, tell Nate I loved him in uh, The Way, Way Back. And I had not seen the movie yet. So, so you're I get like, off the okay. Phone. I get off the phone. I'm like, Nate, my sister loves you in The Way, Way Back. And goes, Rob starts you, laughing. <laughs> Rob starts laughing. And I was like, why is it so funny? And uh, Nate's like, I don't know. Why don't you ask Rob? And I'm like, what? He goes, because uh, I'm the one that's in that, not my, my brother. And like, I was like, I called my sister right back. I'm like, you know, here's the thing. Let's get our situations right. Get, you have an internet? Put me in a weird, you know, they, I, they, they were just messing. They were totally fucking yeah, with me. They didn't like, care. And she, of course, panics. And I'm like, because she feels silly because she but got they the didn't, name they, right. they don't care. They literally don't care. You know, they've, they've hired a plane with a banner on the back, flying your sister's name around Dodger Stadium, and everyone shot paintball guns at it. That was a good night, though. Actually, we have um, Natalie was not with us, and, and the game was on TV back when they used to be on TV, the Dodger games. And um, sh- there was a great shot. Somehow or another, the camera was getting a shot of Magic Johnson eating like a spoon of ice cream. And if you freeze frame you it, you just see all of us going like, but we're all staring <laughs> at Magic shit, Johnson. Magic Johnson likes ice cream. <laughs> oh my God. We were all so excited that Magic Johnson was so close to us. We're like, look. That's crap. It is. You know what? I mean, I'm not the biggest basketball fan and I've never really been a Laker fan, but yeah. there is. He's fan. I mean, I he, mean, he like Michael Jordan. They When I go to when I go to Dodger games and he's walking around, and people, I mean, I walked right past, I almost rubbed shoulders with him at one game and I was like, God damn, that's Magic Johnson. Yep. Like that's fucking impressive. Yes. Like good for you, buddy. That know. same that same game, um, Gene Simmons was there with Ugh. a L.A. Kiss helmet. Of course, Where, was he get, wearing it? No, no. But he he was going around taking pictures of people and making sure that the helmet was in every single picture. It's like he was so. He's, he's a like, fucking asshole. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if he is or isn't. Uh, it's just I know he's big into self promotion. Like that's all really he's big, big when into. When I when I when I I'll, the only reason I said because I've only met him technically uh, once and he was a dildo when I met him. But that was beside the point because again, like we talked about last week, anyone can have a bad day. Anyone yep. can be angry, whatever, and I'm not going to hold that against him. But every time he goes on any news program, any radio show, and talks about uh, mental illness and people who have committed suicide. He sounds like the biggest fucking moron who has never given an ounce of thought to anyone else in his life besides himself, which comes across as completely, it seems like it'd be true, because that's just everything is about, you want to buy a Kiss coffin? You want to buy a Kiss helmet? You want to buy a Kiss pants? Some kiss socks? Like At so- a certain point, like I get it, like... Yeah, Kiss sold out, and they sell out whenever they play. And oh, isn't that great? But at a certain point, isn't uh, don't any of their fans care? Like, stop. There was a Simpsons episode where Krusty the Crown's like, "Don't worry, I'll just put my name on and face on some toys, and we'll make money." And they're like, "Krusty, you've put your name and your face on literally everything you could put your name and face on. Nobody wants to see you anymore." I feel that's what Gene Simmons is. Is like, and is the L.A. Kiss still a team? I don't even know. Of course, fucking who cares? I, like, don't, I don't. I never follow as much as I love football. I could never watch the Arena League. Any, stuff. Oh my god! You know why? Because it was worse than watching Canadian football. <laughs> Arena League football is a joke. Like, oh, we cut everything in half except the downs. You get four downs to go fifty yards. Like, what are you talking about? Cut the downs in half. Make everything. Uh, they were like, oh, there's no sideline. You can get checked into the boards. I go, do you think getting checked into the boards is worse than getting a fucking linebacker to hit you midfield while right. you're trying to catch up? What are you talking? Like, nothing made sense. And I told you, I went to one uh, arena game. It was the LA Avengers versus the Arizona Rattlers. Yeah. And the Rattlers were winning. They were smoking the Avengers. We're in LA. Uh, second half starts. The score is 34 to 17. Um, the the Rattlers are winning. They went on to win the championship that year, by the way, and the next two years. But 
Not so, that you know anything. Not that I know anything. But so in the middle, or at the, the second half is starting, and the teams are running back onto the field, and the mm-hmm. announcer over the PA goes, let's get ready for the second half. You're, you're the, uh, Arizona Rattlers, 34, LA Avengers, 17, and made a huge production out of it, and everyone starts clapping. I'm like, hey, fucking nimrods you want to sit down put your shirts back on stop waving them around maybe wipe the face paint off you're losing and you're fucking cheering you look like idiots it was i i think we've talked about this before too i refuse refuse to ever dress up for a sporting event because especially if it's a big event super bowls playoffs because if your team loses oh my god dude you have to stand there with all this dick (laughs) i took my i watched the bears colt super bowl in l uh, in vegas with my brother we were in a hotel room full of people we both had jerseys on like yeah they lose the game i'm like all right, we going out drinking? Yeah. I'm like, well, let me stop by my hotel room and take this jersey <laughs> off because I'm not going to walk around Vegas and have a bunch and of And that was a Colts barely, fan. yeah. Be like, fuck you. And just it's just not anything I want to deal with. And I wasn't mad they lost. I didn't even really care. But the the idea that I would have to go out and then pretend I cared or right. have to act like it was a big deal. Well, that you're, I mean, depending on the extreme level of, um, wardrobe and or face makeup, I mean, oh, you're just asking your, you're, at, you're inviting, well, if you can't, like I, like I could take my jersey off. I had clothes to yeah. put on. If yeah. you're out and about. Yeah, or if you're just, if, if there's a big bear logo ch- painted on your chest oh, God. and you don't have a shirt. That's why That's why the end of Super Bowls and the end of big games, are, uh, especially in the NFL, are equal parts hilarious and super sad because as the camera goes across the crowd, there's always like that fat shirtless guy, half painted one color, half painted yes. another. And he's like, I really thought we were going to win this one, and yeah. now I got to walk to my car like yes, this. Like yes. people are going to fucking throw rocks at you, buddy, with like, their oversized big curly wig well, that matches the team colors and just all the it's stuff. Never it's never anything just, understated. No one's no, ever like hey, we big a clown nice, shoes. A just nice understated face paint with a. <laughs> he had a foundation. Uh, I love the people like in the like either the Broncos or any Texas based uh, fans when they get those big ten gallon hats, the big puffy. You know what I'm talking about? Not like no, yeah, the big foam hat that Norm McDonald massive, wore as, as yes, Burt Reynolds yes. on. Yeah, hey, look at my hat. You can't. Hat. I just how do you just? It's a shameful walk. It's well, so shameful. Look, man, I come from. I mean, I'm a huge Grateful Dead fan. You want to see? I mean, you got guys in Dr. Seuss hats. Yeah, but no one's winning or losing that. Oh, those are concerts. Are definitely losing. They've lost. They put on a fucking cat in the hat thing and they're walking around like dicks. (laughs) The fuck out of here. Oh no! I was with Brad. We were outside of beads and more beads. I bought this hat. Shut up. (laughs) I will say though that. uh, one thing that Frank didn't allude to, and I think we had talked about this again next week or last week, was that um, imagine, it, even though he's making fun of uh, his his friend who George, who like overreacted, right. but imagine his son going, you know, LeBron James, who's famous worldwide. Oh I mean, yeah, and if you're a kid, the, LeBron James is the best basketball player you've ever seen. Just acknowledge your dad. Knows who your dad is. Thinks your dad is funny. Thinks your dad is cool. Smi- not just acknowledged. Smiled, laughed, pounded his chest. Yeah. probably finger pointed. Like, yeah. oh my god, Frank Caliendo. Maybe said his name. That no, it's like I mean, the, the kid. What's going through that kid's head? I mean, granted, he's probably seen other people because you know, in where, where they live, obviously a lot of, especially because of Frank's, you know, sports. I mean, most teams come through 
almost everybody in sports, um, specifically, you know, I know he's very big in football, but if you remember when he was on TBS, remember that advertising campaign and all the playoff games? That's what I wanted to tell him. Every baseball player knows who he is because that never stopped airing throughout those playoffs. I told you what I said to my brother, right? Well, the Cubs were playing the Diamondbacks that year that the Caliendo show was about to come out, right? Mm -hmm. The Cubs lost to the Diamondbacks, okay? It was a heartbreaking, disgusting display of baseball on everybody's (laughs) part. But during those playoffs... Every commercial, and I, I feel like I'm not exaggerating this at all, but every commercial was for Frank Caliendo's show. Yeah. And I got so annoyed with the ads. At one point, I turned to my brother and I go, this fucking advertising is so annoying, I guarantee I will get a part on this show. Oh, that's funny. And he was like, yeah, you probably will. Because we had no idea what it was going to be. We didn't know how good the show was going to be. or if it was. And I, I'm not saying Frank's not talented, but... All the advertising was driving me crazy. And like finally, I, I was like, three weeks later, I got up. I was like, Jeff, you're never going to believe this. Well, if you think about it, back then, it was also that big, uh, doing the while the uh, game was on or like any t- TV shows on, oh, the God. moving, putting the characters the on the thing. They don't really do that that much. I don't know. Though I have to be honest with you, I don't watch a lot of TV anymore. They don't do it nearly as Not much as, as they much used as to. They like used shoving to. buddies, like that whole thing. It was kind of like they got excited. They had discovered this new thing. We can put and the this, cast in the corner of yeah, another show. And this new thing was going to stop everybody who had uh, TiVo from fast-forwarding through. You know what I mean? That's what they were doing. Yeah. They were, they, that was their way of getting back at you for fast-forwarding through commercials. And now they've and, gotten so hip to it that they literally, even when you fast-forward through a commercial, you will get the logo yeah. and whatever they're saying is because yeah. they know where to put that stuff so that even if you're at four or four three or whatever, yeah, yeah. they're like... It's crazy. I still watch the commercials. You have to. If you're fast forwarding, you have to watch the commercials in order to you see them. You know don't. where to. Well, what yeah. I'm seeing. What I'm saying is, I know when there's a new car. I know yeah. when there's a cheeseburger. I yeah. know when there's pizza. I'm not missing the commercial. Right. It's just I'm I'm absorbing the information and, in one second or less. And if you see something that you're like, oh wait, what's that now? You go back. I, yeah, I just rewind it and go. Oh, family cruise for four for a hundred dollars. Oh, that seems shady. <laughs> No, those just come in, in bullshit phone calls on your phone. I am a prince. I live in Akbar, and you need to send me $999 in order for me to release the paperwork that will give you $2 billion. They're doing advertising now? Did you see that thing online about the kid who got one of those like emails about, hey, uh, we're a bank in such and such a place, and just call and open an account with us, and then we can release all this money to you. And he was like, oh, okay. Then he looks up the bank, and then the bank is this fucking Cayman Islands thing or whatever, but it's offering a free toaster. So he emails the thing he was supposed to email, and he starts asking about the toaster. The guy's like, no, 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 forget the toaster. We need you to send. He goes, for, I'm not going to forget the toaster. What I need is for to know when the toaster's going to arrive. Like, <laughs> The guy's like, please, stop asking about the toaster. Like, you're not getting any. It's they, they asked him not to email anymore. <laughs> he was so annoying back at them that they were like, don't email, don't email us again. Like We don't even want to try to scam you. You're just irritated. <laughs> It was so funny. You look it up. I'm just sure if you Google, uh, I can't remember. The, I don't know the guy's name. He's uh, British, I think. I, I, that was something else I think you've, you've touched on in the past, too, is, is I applaud people that are willing to troll all these morons oh, that yeah. do all this stuff. Yeah. I don't have it in me, but I know that there are some people out there that are so good. It was, there, was the, there was the one that goes on all the... Um, uh, the Facebook pages and pretends to be customer service. That there's that guy. You know what I'm talking about? Like the Campbell Soup thing when they did the gay ad, and he went on and started answering all the questions on behalf of Campbell Soup. And 
and just and I know that per, that same person. I'm guessing it's some it's a stand up, but that same person every time something like that comes up, where these people are yelling at them for all the wrong reasons, they jump in and they start doing the you know the Q and As, and they start you know hey that that's great. I know I know that you're riddled with hatred and yeah yeah really right wanna, yeah, yeah you're homophobic because yeah, you're yeah, afraid yeah. and that's but not, hey listen you know what I mean like always kind of trying to put the cents spin off new chunky Campbells. <laughs> Go to pavilions for your coupons. I applaud those people because it just... Look, it makes... First of all, it makes the internet more fun. I mean, Way more fun. Like, if you're going to be on there spewing hate and being a, a, a radical moron, then by all means, if someone's got the time and the patience and the fucking skill to troll the shit out of you and you're going to fall for it, like... Yeah. Like we were talking about last week, Scott Bayo, man. I mean, this guy threatened to sue people who make fun of him online. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. If I threatened to sue people that made fun of me, I mean, I, well, I make a lot of threats, I guess, because you can't really sue people <laughs> no. for making fun of you. It's ridiculous. And to be a grown man who goes on TV and says one thing about a president, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're clearly uh, uneducated on the subject. And then to go out and get mad when people accuse you of things you didn't do. It's like, I don't understand. It's like if I was like, Brian, you red-haired, freckle-faced motherfucker. And you're like, uh... Because I have red hair. No, no, I, but this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, is that I feel like, um, even though I was making a half joke about it, I do feel like people don't get the full news, and they make their opinions based on a headline, or not even knowing if the news article that they think they are reading is, real. is legitimate is real or not. or not mocking the shit. Us. People and they're do developing that? an opinion crazy. based on that. It's crazy. And, I mean, this goes back to Steven Spielberg. Posing with the dinosaur from yeah. Jurassic Park, the di- the robotic dinosaur on the ground. Steven Spielberg's next to it with like a, a bow and arrow or whatever's next to him, and people are like, "This is an outrage. This man should be fucking hung up by his sh-. like." Are you insane? That's Steven Spielberg. That's a f- you fucking think he took a? <laughs> do you think that by the time cameras were invented, the dinosaurs were around? Do you think that the fucking internet? What is wrong with you? How do you not know that there are no dinosaurs uh, anymore? There are also some people that deny that dinosaurs ever existed. So sure. That, you, know, you, got, you can go both ways on you that. You know what Harlan Williams says? Hmm. Harlan Williams says the dinosaurs, you know how they died? They were eaten by rocks. <laughs> and you know that because every time you cut open a rock, there is a dinosaur inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like That kind of shit is hilarious when Harlan Williams says it, but would not shock me to hear someone like Trump go, you know, the dinosaurs, uh, they got eaten by rocks. Uh, they're lazy. They're lazy. Uh, the rocks should have built the wall. They wouldn't have to eat the dinosaurs. I don't know why I'm trying to do a Trump impression. We just had Kelly. No, listen. I mean, like he said, there's people out there that just do dead ons, and that was not one of them. No, that was um, far from it, dude. No, it's... I. Again, I know we, we we don't really dabble in the politics, and quite frankly, we don't really necessarily need to dabble too much in the politics, and our job is to entertain. Yeah. I, I just want people to just calm the fuck down. Yeah. Read. And start Research. being more Look. rational about things. Check and out your sources. There's there Honestly, I, I wonder whatever happened to living in a little... I used to think that living in the gray area was bad, but now that things have gotten so extreme on one side or the other, like you have to have an opinion. Like You can't... Like you and I, you could be like, Brian... Uh, I, I can't drink out of that glass you just gave me because it's from the Reagan Library. Now, here's the thing. Am I a Reagan supporter? No. Did I go to the Reagan Library and just check it out? Yes. Why? Because he was the president of the United States when I and was an growing actor, up. And they were giving away free glasses. No, but, but, the, but, but it's a baseball glass. They were also had a baseball display there. My point is that whether I like love the man, it has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with the fact that he is a part of, of, of America and American culture. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with going in and like seeing what's up and doing all this stuff. This, this hard line of people getting so offended 
or so angry at you because you actually don't have an exact opinion according to them, which means they got to cut you out. Now, that being said, if your opinion is so fucking radical and it's at, it's at the disservice of a human being, then yeah, I'm okay with you not liking me. But, if if but you also, truly believe that humans have no worth outside of your beliefs, then I don't have any time for you. Right. And now, now going back to social media, then you can just unfriend or block that person. Mm-hmm. Now, what I would like to suggest to anyone listening is that if you have people you want to unfriend or block, just do it. Don't post... Um, four a rant about why thing about how you have to go clean out your fucking inbox or your friends list. No one gives a shit about that. Honestly, no one cares. But it is your right to not have to have any of that shit on your feed. Yeah, you can have your. You can. It's up to you. You can and dictate your feed and, and what kind of stuff you, you want to see. The, but but I really it bothers me when I see people that I like even have a, a, an inch of respect for rant about why they're cleaning out their. Why I'm not gonna or when people ask to be unfriend if you don't like then just go ahead and unfriend me now it's like stop saying that just yeah I do agree with you but I'm, I'm assuming you've done some private unfriending as have I I mean I, you know what I do I unfollow if yeah, if, if the person true. is super annoying and I, they don't have anything to do with anything I believe or they're just a pain, a pain in the ass I unfriend but if you unfollow somebody they you don't, don't know you unfriend yeah. and then you just don't see their stupid yeah. bullshit opinion yeah. and i am from a place where i hear a lot of stupid bullshit opinions yeah and and some of them like i and said and you're uh, it's your right to spew that shit and it's, it's my like right said, to as keep long it as the fuck not, off if, my page and but, but but what i was saying before was that i don't care what your opinions are unless they uh, come in the form of hate and a hate and that hate could damage another human being yeah. in some way if represses opi- yeah. and or hurts another yeah, human being if your being, opinion is go assassinate somebody yeah. that there's then, no place for yeah no there there isn't but if you i don't if you my thing is like if there's people that like Trump I don't, I don't I really don't care I don't get it but I don't care if that's what you want to like I don't care I don't get it I don't get him I think the whole thing is kind of a joke and I think it's dangerous but you have your opinions if you want to like the guy so be it but you know it's just don't draw a line in the sand and just say well then everybody else is stupid and he's right certain people should are not human beings like if you start taking it to an extreme then you're gone what would you do if someone assassinated Trump before he became president you, you can't do that I, it doesn't the you I, like I supported Bernie Sanders, but I was not a um, I was not a what do they call it the Bernie or nothing whatever the hell that Bernie whole thing. bro no 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 whatever it was like I I liked the majority of his ideologies put it that way meaning that like more I'm, so I'm, than any past politician I'm an independent meaning that I don't I I don't I don't believe in party lines because I think that's dangerous because not everybody is good at what they do so it's silly to just draw a line down yeah. the middle and I'm go Republican, I'm Republican it's all side. Republican yeah. I'm Democrat it's all Democrat I just liked many of the, I I liked his ideology and I liked the the fact that his movement stood it genuinely stood for the people the money came from the people his his message was for the people I I liked that I I'm a I myself fall into the world of you know what i don't if my neighbor is not killing and or raping or is not, and is 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 not a pedophile yeah they can do what they want over there yeah. okay as long as there's no domestic violence you know what i mean like the yeah. basics the pure honest basics all violence other stuff, against anybody molesting anybody who yeah. doesn't want to be touched like that's i mean yeah i mean you know just if you're not harming other people i don't care what you do that's that's the life and i also believe that everybody has a right to live a good life i I feel bad when people are oppressed and we have a history of repressing certain types of races and certain types of people and they never they never have a a history it's called our history you don't have yeah yeah my point is um i I look at that kind of stuff and i don't i continue to go down the path of like 
hate, 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 and hurt, hurt, hurt is not going to solve anything, anything. in the long run. I'm not saying you can completely uh, eradicate it. You can't. But I do not believe that you need, you go around and you try to hurt people who believe differently than you, and you definitely do not assassinate people. That I don't, I know there are some people who be like, good, get them out of there. That is the wrong fucking attitude. I'm sorry. As, as crazy I think the guy is, that is a wrong attitude to take. You, you can't go around doing well, shit like that. Well, I mean, that. if you think about it, we got rid of, we killed Saddam Hussein. What happened? ISIS popped. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, there's good, there's always a fucking lunatic waiting in the wings to take. Correct. There's a song by No Effects called, uh, I think it's called The Man You Killed. And it's when Bush was president, No Effects put out a whole album about how they were basically said, fuck this guy. He's mm-hmm. an idiot. We didn't vote for him and fuck him. It was a great album, actually. All the songs were good. If you like No Effects, if you don't like No Effects, I can't help you there. But one of the songs was this, he, in the song, he's like, ah, I went out and I fucking, this guy was bad for the country, so I fucking killed him. And then, he was caught, but it didn't matter because he would look at what he had done. And then he, as he's sitting in the electric chair waiting to die for assassinating the president, somebody whispers in his ear, you know that there's going to be somebody else that's crazier than him that's going to replace him. Right? Yeah. Like, and and that was, that's basically the end. He's like, so what I did meant nothing. Like, so the, the song was, don't, you shouldn't go out and try to kill people. It's like, you got to, if you really, and I, I heard this at a young age and I, I get, I, if you really want to change shit, you got to get involved. Yeah, you got to get in on the inside. You got to get involved. And I think you and I have talked about. This. I have. I have not. I, I. I will be the first to tell you I haven't been involved enough. And, and, I gave three dollars to Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I mean, I'm not involved. No, I'm saying, but over my lifetime. Yeah. Um. I. I I've never been that involved. And I. I mean, I've done my own things for other. I've, I've be, volunteered for other charities and done that kind of, of stuff. But I have never been things, in. Yes. It never affected us. No. Like no matter who the president is, I'll be fine. Like honestly, they're not. What are they going to repress me? I, like a, it's it's it really isn't. To be honest with you, the only reason why I'm getting involved, it's not about me. No, it's about it's your about kids, the future. It's, it's it's yes, it is about my kids, but I got I have to. It, it is bigger than this. It's I I'm really I'm really tired of seeing ignorance repress people. It's not fair, and it needs to stop. You only have one chance to live this life, and I think everybody should get a fair shake. And there are a lot of people rightfully so, justifyingly so, are not getting a fair shake. That's the, uh, that's the truth of the matter, and we can continue to turn a blind eye, and, but it's not the case. We, are, we have evolved, and I don't know how this happened, but we've evolved into being a bully of, of the world and, Fear. and, and in being very, a very violent culture. Fear. And I, I believe it, we need a culture shift. We need a culture change where people, we need culture club. We need... <laughs> we need Boy George to get his Boy back George. together and come, come, become a karma chameleon. <laughs> Boy, George, are you listening? See, this is how I could do it. I could get really serious and immediately be like, all right, we're going to go into culture club. But no, my, my point is, I just want people, There's what is wrong with being a little bit happier? What is wrong with saying hello? What is wrong with not wanting to hurt somebody? Even when you're mad at them, why can't you just walk away? Why can't you, just, you know what I mean? Like, just the basics. Why can't we just get to basic humanity stuff? I'm not against capitalism. I'm not against, you know, big business. I'm not against those things. They, they, they have their place. That's, it's not about that. Again, that's why I said I, I don't fall on one side or the other hardcore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And when you were saying that you can't eradicate all hate, um, you can, and it'll happen when all humans are gone. Do you know what well, I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I, mean, I think what, we're just that? built to have. We're, we're built for conflict. All of us are. All animals are. Everything is. You yeah, know what I mean? Cat so looks really conflicted. Uh, he's had his days. <laughs> Listen, he sent a, he sent one of the one or two of us has been sent to the emergency room twice with him. So it's you. Okay, good. No, but you don't you don't understand what I'm yeah. saying. It's like you can't get rid of all of it. But I think if you if your focus is is pure and it's not always based in in, in a mode of attack attack. Yeah, less people are inclined to see violence as a solution to a problem. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I agree. I agree. And uh, 
And I said all that without saying, that's why you need to vote for so-and-so. It has nothing to do with right, that. Right, right, right. It has right, nothing right. to do with that. Right. But, you know, it's just frustrating that, that like you said, why can't, why can't people just let other people be? Like, why, why, why is what someone else is doing? Like you said, if, if your neighbor isn't hurting you, isn't hurting your kids, isn't hurting their family or their wives or their husbands, if they're not killing animals, if they're just over there butt-fucking or doing some drugs or whatever, like, why is that anyone else's concern? Why can't you just be like, okay, great. Again, if it's not, get it, like, I don't understand how you could be involved in a religion that teaches what Jesus taught and still be so angry, so angry at a group of people that are, that would leave you alone, that would never come near you if you fucking let them. Like, do you think that gay people want to rush to your church and get involved in what you're doing? Probably not. You know what I mean? But to like, to to be so angry at somebody else like that's to me that's like if I come in here and you're listening to a band I don't like and I'm like you piece of shit I'm out of here fuck you because I don't like Soul Asylum or whatever Soul Asylum that's a great no, reference no, band to pick amazing Nickelback let's say Nickelback takes a lot of hate, for them. hate I don't them so much. know I mean they're not good but the, again well they're good enough to obviously people know who they are that I mean to me does anybody they, no one's making the joke about you, you never stop the be, Hollywood podcast you never want to be an Irwin it's like why? Wait, well, yeah. not when you're around. It's like getting mun- it's like getting Munsoned in Kingpin. Exactly. I don't want to get Munsoned out here in the middle of nowhere. What did you just Great say? Great movie. Great oh movie. my god, best Fairly Brothers movie. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's like I don't, I I don't. It's it, frustrating. That's y- all. And I, I don't have an answer. I don't have a way to f- fix it. And I no, don't. No, but your answer is in the way you conduct your life. And that's, my, my and that point was that if, if we all could just conduct our lives in a way of like, hey, I get it. We have t- we have close friends that are extremely religious, and and they don't try to they they can they still exist with us even though they know that we are not religious. They don't go on. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you anymore. They don't do that. No, and it's like that to me. They also don't shun gay people. No, but they but but their point is it's it for them whatever that religion is that they they choose it's just a guide it's a guidebook for them to get through life and, and that's, that's how they look at it. Great for I, them. You, you understand what I'm saying? It's yes. their guidelines. It's their journey. They're not trying to make it everybody else's journey, and that's the difference. That's why I don't. I don't like, I'm not, I used, there was a short period of time where I did hate religion, but it was because of things that had happened in my own family. But then I just became a little bit more aware and I was like, not every, you can't, you can't blanket people. You can't do that. That's, no. you're, you're no better than the That's other person. Exactly if you right. start doing That's that, exactly right. So. Everybody's different. You, there's no sweeping yeah. generalizations no. you can really make about no. any one group of people. Yeah. So, I mean, you can make them, but you just sound ignorant because yeah. you, you don't, that's, it obviously doesn't apply to everybody. And, and I do bl- believe that the majority of human beings in general are are peaceful and do spend I, most of their days uh, not worrying about their neighbor. Um, sometimes to a fault because then you can find out that they may have like 15 girls buried, you know, hidden well, in the house. And stuff like that. But again, I, I mean, I'm, that, that's a little bit sarcastic, but that does happen. Yes, but then we're, we're you know, the, you get stuff like, uh, what was I just... People asking to call in if you see if oh um, you we, know we, we can't call in on this show. I'm going to call in right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know if you if you see something, say something. Right, that's the new that's the new slogan. Yeah, right? and and I get that, 
But it, I, my the the nervousness for me comes now. Are we going to have people just calling the cops uh, on everybody for no reason because they think something looks weird because an old lady doesn't know uh, what a hand rolled cigarette is or you know what I mean? Like oh, I see something, say something. Now the cops are fucking wasting their time. Yes, driving out to deal with bullshit yes. that doesn't mean anything while actual fucking crime is going on. Correct. Yes, that that that's the problem. I don't is, want to be a nation of tattletales. No, but it's again, it's that it's that pendulum swings too far to one side instead of just kind of finding somewhere yeah, that the, the, the rational or common ground in the middle. Yeah, we've got freedom, and then we've got Big Brother. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I think it's well, whatever. I don't know how we got it f- so far off. Uh, Frank Caliendo started uh, this. Is it his fault? Because, I blame him. Just because he has a Trump uh, impression, he got, he got yep. the thing in there. Anyway, it does. Uh, I think this was. Uh, it's still constructive, and I and I hope that our listeners, regardless of what your point of view is, I just hope that your point of view always ends on one thing, which is that everybody has a has a place here, and everybody has a right to live a decent life. And if that's where you, no matter where you stand, you know, politics or religion it doesn't really matter as long as you, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Yeah, you do. Know. And, and I want. I I my whole. I believe, and I'm sure you believe the same thing. I I am here to to do whatever I can. And as small as my world has been so far, I've, I'm here to entertain. I do believe that. Yeah. But, but I'm also a human being and, I, and sometimes I feel like, all right, I, got, I can't stand back and not say anything when things are going wrong. No. But my primary job always seems to have been, you know, make people feel good. Dude. That's, been, that's what I believe my primary job has always been. Everyone should ask themselves Fail at it, the, the questions, who are you? What do you do? What do people gain from what you do? And what do they take away, basically? Or what do you take away? Or what do you both take away? So I'm John. Mm-hmm. I'm a comedian. comedian. And, I, and what I give people is laughter mm-hmm. that they desperately need. Do I, they ever give it back? Do they I ever mean, hand it back to you? I'm not like, hand you it back, what? but sometimes they'll crack a joke at the end of a show and whatever, and <laughs> I'll laugh, you know? But, but I believe that... But I believe that no matter how minuscule the show and no matter how little I get paid, uh, that people come for a show, they get laughter, and they leave feeling a little bit better about everything because they had a good laugh. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, and, I, and I'm not a fireman. I'm not rescuing cats from trees. I'm not pulling people out of burning buildings. I'm not saving orphans. We can work on some of that. I don't want to do any of that, really, because oh, oh, okay. I'm okay. kind of a coward. But Ooh, down. My, my, my point is, like everybody can contribute you know just oh i'm only an insurance just that's okay what people need what you do and and you know what i mean and and the more pleasant the inner exchange between you and whoever that person then goes turns around and then is like that guy was fucking all right you know and then oh you know what i'm not going to shove this old man down a flight of stairs when he doesn't walk fast enough you know i'm gonna pat him on the back and say you got it pops and like it's the pay it forward thing. It's it's a legitimate thing. Like you wake up in the morning, you go to the DMV. If that fucking crazy fat lady at the DMV is a bitch to you, then and you have to wait forever, and you're gonna turn around and be a fucking asshole to everybody else. Yeah. If that lady can muster a smile in her, I believe me, I can only imagine how shitty her day is. Like if she can just, I've had them be real pleasant, and I'll tell you what, man. You almost want to just turn around and start hugging people and go, hey, these people got it rough too. Everyone settle down. Because the DMV is like, it's crazy there. Or can be. But like, just a little bit of kindness really goes a long way. I agree. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's well, oh, I, I know how we ended up getting on all this, by the way, and this is how we can, we can cap this. It's fucking Scott Bayo's fault. Yeah. Ever since, la- since he got into our world last, he's gotten into our head. He's lost his mind. You and I both feel like we've been betrayed because he comes from our childhood, and we it was it was 
You were Chachi, man. He's fucking Chachi. You were Chachi. You wrecked it for us. You Dude. lost your mind, and you wrecked it, and you see what's happened? Two shows have been poisoned by the Chach. Dude, Charles in charge. Char- well, there was that. Days. I, I very rarely do I admit I've seen a few episodes of Oh my God, you Charles didn't think Jamie uh, Egger well, was Willie hot? Willie Ames also lost his mind. Willie Ames was... Uh, he Willie lost Ames his Bible mind, dude. too. Willie Ames is Bible dude. Willie Ames has a, has a TV show where he was Bible dude or whatever. He's a superhero that literally flew around and fucking fought people with the Bible and verses from the Bible. I'm not even shitting you. Look it up online. Uh, it's like Bible dude or Bible guy or but Bible I, man, something like that. Even that I don't care about, I think, but I think towards the end of Charles in Charge, he started making some pretty suspect comments about people too or something like that. It's just, it's just all I'm saying is I'm... I'm Chachi, you wrecked it. You've wrecked two episodes. Yeah. No more Chachi. From this point forward, well, we're still Gallagher free. And um, I, I think we have to... I think Charles in Charge, Chachi, and uh, Scott Bale can no longer be referenced on the show. Not referenced, but I got to tell you, man, I got a shit ton of happy days <laughs> on my DVR right now, and I don't know what to do about There's it. so many like, other people. But you know, because here's the deal. When you look at happy days, Henry Winkler... He, I've, I've only briefly encountered him, and it was literally the He's same day. He's on my day, list of people I want to encounter. The same day I, I walked by Gene Simmons and had that run in, literally the next person I saw was Henry Winkler. It was at a hotel lobby in Vegas. And I was like, oh my fucking God, the Fonz. And this was before he became, he was in Waterboy. This was before right. people were like, oh, Henry Winkler's still here. Like, yeah. It was a time where like, what the fuck is Henry Winkler doing? Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. he wasn't doing anything. He's always been an actor. He probably does plays and all that, but... But like to see that guy, I was really like, oh my god, fucking Henry Winkler, because the Fonz. I mean, say what you want about him, dude. I thought that guy was the shit, even though he never really punched anybody and he never really got in any fights on camera. That's what made the Fonz so awesome. He, didn't have he to. wasn't a Chachi, I'll tell you that. No, dude. But the best, one of the funniest, Chachi was trying to win Joni back, and he swings into this. This is in the later years, and Fonzie's teaching at this point, but he still wears a leather jacket, right? So with a tie, Chachi tries to swing in on a rope into this classroom like an idiot. And Fonz kind of scoops him off the ground and shoves him against a wall. He's like, what are you doing, moron? And he's got, you know, what looks like cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve, you know, like it's the 50s or Uh-oh. whatever. So Fonzie's like, what is this? And he unrolls it. He goes, milk duds? And Chachi goes, yeah, I quit smoking a long time ago. And he's like, all right, well, good for you, but. And then he like gives him like the way to not smoke, but then also then reprimands him for his stupidity. But it was a great scene. I just, I, I love Happy Days, man. Ron Howard and Henry Winkler, two guys I would love to meet who seem on their game, smart, sharp, and kind. Scott Baio, when you when you hate that much, I don't I don't feel you're a kind guy. So that being said, we're really upset with Chachi right now. Chachi has he, we've been chotched for the we've last been two weeks. Let we've been him chotched. hear this. He'll try to sue us now. Um, I will say there may be somebody, a past guest, that I believe has direct uh, contact with Winkler. So at some point, oh. at some point, if we're good boys, maybe over the next four years, we could find oh, a way to I, meet. I bet I know who that is. Henry Winkler, past and probably future guest. Yeah. Uh, so I, the, the 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 point is, keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, because it would be a dream to even if he called in and made fun of us for a half hour. I would love it. I'll take it wherever we can get it. All right, yeah. that's enough. All right, great show, everybody. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Bye, Chachi. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe 